Hi, I'm Mike, lead pastor at The Ridge, and this is our weekly podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our desire is for you to grow in relationship with God, connect with others, and to experience God's purpose for life by adding value to the life of another. I hope that this message will build your faith and encourage you as we seek to grow together in God's Word. Enjoy today's message. I had a meeting, 6 a.m., so I got there at 5.55 because I don't like to be late. 6 o'clock, I am alone. 6.10, still alone, so I send a text. 6.20, alone, no response. How long do you wait? Well, 6.30, still nothing, And so I left recognizing I have been forgotten. You know that feeling? I'll get back to you, but no getting back. Yeah, let's stay in touch, but not even an attempt. Here's the best way, if you're married, the best way to remember your wedding anniversary, forget it once. (laughs) That'll do it. Because we don't like to be forgotten. It hurts. Have you been there? Genesis 40, Joseph has. We're teaching through Genesis 37 through 50, the story of Joseph. Chapter 39, it ends with this. Verse 20. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Our hero is in prison, not because he did bad, but because he had done good. So next chapter, we get to chapter 40, and he guesses what happens in chapter 40. Rescue, vindication. No. Genesis chapter 40 begins with Joseph in prison, and spoiler alert, it ends with Joseph still in prison. It's chapter 40, verse 1. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Cupbearer and the baker, in the ancient world, these jobs, they weren't at the bottom of the org chart. They were actually closer to the top. They had gained the trust of the pharaoh of Egypt. Verse 2, Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the same prison where Joseph was confined. We're given some fascinating detail in here. Notice this prison. It wasn't out in the middle of Kansas, surrounded by barbed wire. Catch where it was, verse 3, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard. This prison, it was in the house of the captain of the guard. Likely it was underneath the house, some sort of lower level. Here's something that I'd never noticed before with this passage. The cub bearer and the baker and Joseph, they're all in the same prison located in the house of the captain of the guard. Interesting. Chapter 39 doesn't give us the name of the captain of the guard. Chapter 40 doesn't, but chapter 39 does. Do you know whose house this was? Check it out. Chapter 39, verse 1. 
Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of the Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. How about that? It's Potiphar. Potiphar. The prison that Joseph was in is in Potiphar's house. And maybe you're thinking, why is that a big deal? That's a big deal because the reason Joseph was in prison is because Mrs. Potiphar had accused him of rape. What does this tell us? If you are the captain of the guard, like Potiphar, and someone attempts to rape your spouse, are you going to put them in a prison in your own house? (laughs) No way! See, I think, I think Potiphar knew. I think Potiphar knew that Joseph was innocent. I think he knew that all along. Chapter 39 continues, and then we get to chapter 40, verse 4. It says, The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and he attended them. Notice what's happened here. Joseph has climbed the org chart from prisoner to head prisoner. Head prisoner. Not a title that that I would want. You know, I've seen and you've seen bumper stickers that say, my child is an honor student. I've never seen a bumper sticker that said, my child is the head prisoner. (laughs) But if you're a prisoner, this is a big deal. This is as good as you can do. While he was in prison, people noticed Joseph. They recognized this guy is unusual. He's got character. And they trusted him with responsibility. Look at what Joseph was doing. Verse 4 continues. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph and he attended them. Attended them. Kind of an important word in this passage. The Hebrew word here is this. Vesharet. Which is the key to understanding and finding Joy and purpose in your job. For those of you who are employed, you like your job? According to research, 18% of people would answer that yes. 82% of people would answer that no. Which may explain why the productivity levels have have dropped a bit. I was talking to a business leader in town recently, and I asked, well, how many people do you employ? How many people work in your organization? And he responded with this. He said, oh, about half of them. (laughs) You know, Joseph, he's the head prisoner. And recognize, this wasn't his dream job. But look how he is using his job. Verse 4, the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph and he attended them. Vesharet, it literally means to serve or to minister to Joseph. He didn't view his job as a way to get those under him to serve him. No, that rather he was serving them. He was at a higher place on the org chart, but he was serving those under him. The cultural view of a successful career is to climb the ladder and get more people to report to and to serve you. Jesus advocates the opposite of that. Mark 10:43 Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. 
For even the Son of Man, read the rest of this with me, did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, we will never find lasting fulfillment in our work until its purpose reflects that of Jesus. And it shifts from something blessing me and advancing me and honoring me and providing for me to serving and helping and blessing others. Vesharet. That's the word. That's where meaning, that's where purpose, that's where fulfillment is found. Would you like that in your job? Do you want to try that? I think it starts by getting really clear on these. How is what I'm doing through my work today an opportunity to bless other people? How does my job make a contribution to this world? What can I do to help somebody? See, the Bible offers a revolutionary understanding of the purpose of work. Work is the way that God has designed us to get beyond our own self-interest to help and to bless and to add value to people and to our world. If you want to experience a higher level of job fulfillment, ask, how can I use my job today to help someone? When the purpose of our work aligns with God's meaning, purpose, it gets good. The passage continues, verse 6. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? Here's the situation. They'd been living large with Pharaoh, and now they were inmates. And Joseph, he asked them this question, why do you look so sad today? Why do you look so sad today? Is it just me or is that like the dumbest question ever? (laughs) These guys had been in Pharaoh's cabinet. Now they're sitting on death row. Joseph asks, why do you look so sad today? Well, they're sad because they've lost everything. They're sad because they're in prison. I think, come on, Joe, get a little social intelligence, bud. It's obvious. Well, there's a little more to it than that. Remember the context here. Joseph, life hadn't been going well for him. He had been sold into slavery. He had been wrongly accused. He had been sentenced to life in prison for a crime he didn't even commit. You know, I couldn't blame him if when we found him in the prison, if he were sitting in a corner sulking about his bad luck. We say, that's fair. That'd be fair for Joseph to be doing that. He's not doing that. Instead, Joseph, he's doing this. He's been wrong. He's been falsely convicted, but he's not doing what we would expect. He's not bitter. He's not angry. He's not dying inside. Rather, we see this guy who is filled with compassion. We see this guy who's filled with, with kindness, He's not just focused on his bad situation. He is focusing on them. He's noticing other people and he cares enough about them to ask, hey, something looks wrong with you today. What's wrong? What is it that's bothering you? 
That's Joseph. How would you like to be like that? You know, know what I focus on when I'm hurting? Me. When I'm hurting, when my life isn't going the way I want it to go, I'm focusing on me. I think pain and disappointment, they turn us inward. We can become so consumed when we're hurting, when life isn't going the way we want it to. We're in a prison like Joseph. We can get so consumed with ourselves. In Genesis 40, one of the things that God is saying is He's saying, hey, you want to know the antidote to drowning in self-pity and in bitterness? It's right in here. Verse 7. So He asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with Him in His master's house, why do you look so sad today? See, Joseph, he wasn't a prisoner to his own painful past. He had experienced and found freedom by serving others. If you find your place in that place of discouragement today, you can do this. You can do what Joseph did. You can pull a Joseph and you can turn that. You can turn that from, woe is me, look what's happening, I don't like what's going on in my life, to how can I help them? Because what we see in here is serving others, serving other people. What that does, that's where peace is found. If that's you, if you're in that place today, try that. Help somebody, serve somebody. It's transforming. Well, the baker and the cupbearer, they were sad. The next verse tells us why. Verse 8. We both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. You know, Joseph, he could have said, hey, don't bring that to me. I'm not in the dream business. I mean, last time I tried that, I ended up in the bottom of a pit. Right? He didn't have to go back there. Joseph, he'd already been burned by dream interpretation, but he still has the faith in God. He still has faith that God is working for good in this world, even when he couldn't see it and didn't experience it. Verse 9, So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, In my dream I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Well, Joseph interprets his dream, saying, In three days you will be vindicated and restored to your esteemed position as cupbearer to the Pharaoh. Then Joseph adds one more thing. Verse 14. When all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. Joseph saying, hey, I was there for you. I helped you. I served you when you were in prison. So when you end up with Pharaoh, remember me. Fair request? Yeah, very fair request. The baker, he hears all of this, and so he's filled with hope, and he says, hey, Joseph, me too. 
He tells Joseph his dream, but the interpretation isn't restoration. The interpretation is this, verse 19, within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole and the birds will eat away your flesh. Brutal. Joseph, did you really need to go there? (laughs) Yo, really? Joseph, couldn't you have just have said something along the lines of, Man, that's a tough one. I'm not sure. I'll get back to you in a few days. (laughs) He could have done that, but he didn't. Here's what we see in this. Joseph, this guy was committed to speaking God's truth, whether it was good news or whether it was bad news. You're in a church that's committed to doing the same thing. And if you've been here very long, you probably realize that. You know, we are committed to teaching through the Bible. We teach through the books of the Bible. And sometimes we get to a passage or a chapter and you're probably thinking, man, I don't want to hear about that. Why that chapter? It's a big book. Why do we got to go there? Here's why. We, we want to teach through the whole Bible. Our purpose isn't just to be selective and take this passage because we like it and give pats on the back and everybody can find their life verse. We want you to understand what God is saying in this book. Verse 21, he restored the chief cup bearer to his position so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. Just like Joseph said, the baker was executed. The cup bearer was restored. I imagine at that moment, Joseph is thinking, yes. I'm going to get out of here. My prison days are numbered. I mean, the cupbearer, he will use his influence to set me free. Day one, no word. Day two, no word. Week one, no word. Week two, no word. Month one, no word. Month two, no word. Joseph experienced that slow, agonizing feeling. I've been forgotten. And it wasn't just for a couple months. Read this with me. Chapter 41 begins with this. When two full years had passed, Two years. Two full years. How does that happen? How do you forget someone who interpreted your dream? How do you forget someone who gave you hope? How do you forget someone who helped you out for two years? Two years. How do we... Have you ever had a friend who was there for you? Have you ever had a teacher that inspired you? Have you ever had a doctor, medical professional who helped you? Have you ever had a parent who sacrificed for you? When was the last time that you said, thank you? Don't be this guy. It's not too late. Is there anyone that the Holy Spirit is prompting you 
to remember. We'll go there. Genesis chapter 40, it ends with these words. Verse 23, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. He forgot him. End of chapter. How do you forget a guy who gave you hope? How do you forget the guy who helped you out? How do you forget a guy who changed your life? How did he... How do I? How do I forget about the one who saved me from a prison that I created? How do I forget about the one who served my time, who paid my penalty? How do I forget about the one who gives me grace and who gives me peace? How do I get to a place in life where I make it all about me? Here's where God spoke the clearest to me in Genesis chapter 40. When I read Genesis chapter 40, I recognize that cupbearer. That's me. Thanks for joining us today and listening to our weekly podcast. My name is Will Heron. I'm the director of discipleship here at The Ridge. If you would like to dig a little deeper into what we've been talking about today... Uh, be sure to check out Beyond the Sermon. This is a weekly devotional that goes out after second service on Sunday. There you'll find the scripture that we've been looking at, some questions for you to, to dive into. But then there's also a discussion uh, that I have with whoever is teaching that Sunday, and we just dive deeper into different themes and topics from the sermon. If you've enjoyed our podcast, feel free to share it with your friends. And also jump on our website, ridgelife.org, to get more connected here at the Ridge.